Broadcasting live from an undisclosed location in the universe. Welcome to Iggy Garcia Live, the show where metaphysics, holistic living, motivation, and inspiration come together to empower your mind, body, and soul. We will dive deep into the realms of metaphysical wisdom, exploring the fascinating connections between mind and matter. Get ready to ignite your inner spark and embrace a journey of self-discovery. So, sit what's back, up, relax, and enjoy the ride. What's up, what's up? So, welcome to uh, Iggy Garcia Live. I'm your host, Iggy Garcia. And so, we're going to um, sit back here for a little bit and just relax and just chill. And um, like we start most of our shows, we're going to uh, begin with lighting a candle. Just giving thanks for all the things that we accomplished in 2023 and all the things we hope to accomplish in 2024. Asking for creators guidance, asking for our ancestors guidance, our higher self, our higher vibration, connecting with all the things that are good. And understanding that the things that push us into the darkness also has value. And we can learn from it as much as we can learn from the light. We can learn from the dark. All right. Get this candle situated here. Melt some wax. There we go. over here of course burn a little sage this is gifted to me from one of my students Kate we grew in her garden thank you for the gift connecting to source connecting to spirit All right. So I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody's deciding that uh, they want to make a changes in this this uh, coming coming year and um, do better for themselves. Of course, that's usually what most people do, right? They want to do better for themselves and be able to create and manifest and do the things they need to do. But you know, this show's like really made me think about some things. <clears throat> made me think about some things uh, just because it's not that life's unfair, but life is very, very challenging in the sense that, you know, we're not the only participants in life. And then we can be very disillusioned very quickly and put into a space where, <clears throat> where we thought we were special. It turns out we weren't as special as we thought we were. Not that you weren't special, it's just in this particular moment. That's not how it works. There are people just like you and me who work very hard, who strive to do better, who strive to create, manifest, and do things as well. But here's the funny thing. You can put hard effort and work into it and still come up on the other side of it, the losing streak of it. 
for example, I'm going to use sports analogies because number one, I like sports. Preparation is it's preparation is all relative to whatever you're doing. It's all relative to whatever program or whatever thought process you're putting into it. For example, OSU, I know in the mind's eye as fans, as players, as coaches, everybody had this vision of what they wanted to see and what they wanted to create. Florida State, another example. I'm going to use all the teams that got beat pretty badly. Okay, and then Iowa as well. Ohio State, they lose, they lose, you know, 14 to 3. Iowa loses, I forget the score, but they, they, they had a big donut on the scoreboard. Florida State, the team that said that we had to be in the championship game in the in the playoff because we deserved it because we were undefeated and we 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 played hard. And then they got beat like 63 to 3. And they still believe that they were should have been in there. But the funny thing was their coach talked about it doesn't matter how hard you work sometimes. And you know, it, it, you put in the effort, you put in the work, you put in all the all the blood, sweat, and tears, and you still lose. And it's not that you didn't give it your effort. It's not that you give it your your best. It's not that you weren't able and you, you weren't able to accomplish that goal or do what you wanted to do. But I think it's deeper than that. I heard his, I heard his, um, <clears throat> I heard his talk, you know, on Instagram there, and how he talked about, you know, sometimes you know. In these games, someone has to lose these games, and not everybody wants to lose. Sure, talent, timing, prediction, and all this, but I think it's a big mental thing. I think for a lot of players, especially young players, especially for people myself, people who are trying to achieve in the world, people who are trying to do better for their lives, it's a mental thing. And when I say mental thing, it's about the things that you believe, the things that start in your head, the things that manifest and create. What makes one team better than the other? What makes one business person better than the other? What makes one decision better than the other? You know, it's 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 all relative. Sure, these teams, I'm sure, prepared very hard. And, of course, there are circumstances that came into it. And then you can have all the excuses in the world. You can have every every thought pattern, everything that you possibly could give yourself an out. This isn't about looking for outs. This is about understanding that the physical aspect of what you put into something isn't necessarily the same thing as the mental aspect you put into something. Sometimes we are we're, we're sold, you know, a bill of goods that, that says that you're the best, you're number one, blah 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 blah. Is it true? Sure. When you're in that category, and when you're in that situation, when you're in that particular environment. As soon as you step out of your environment, as soon as you play somebody else, their coach is saying the same thing to their team. Another team member saying that to their group. Another business owner saying this. So what happens when we start to put things into action is when we start to understand if our preparation meets the action and the action meets the preparation. Physically preparing yourself is one thing. Mentally preparing yourself is a whole nother dynamic. Creating the the mindset of where you want to be. You know, when you when you have been put down, when you have been punished, when you have been told that 
you were the best and all of a sudden you're not the best according to analysts or according to decision makers. And all of a sudden now you are just put in the average category. Yeah, maybe they'll do okay. Maybe they won't do all right. It's what you start to believe what is the valuable piece in the piece that affects everything. It's the things you buy into. It's the things that you you grab onto. This is why leadership is so valuable and so important when you're working in a business, uh, in a project, in a sporting event, anything. It doesn't matter. It only takes one person to sink the ship. It only takes one person to stifle all the hard work. You know, this is why when you talk to certain coaches, they won't let their players talk or, or comment or some coaches open their mouth and then they have to, you know, bite their tongue later because of what they, they said. Because the human spirit is what gets activated. The human spirit is what gets drawn into that space. Yeah, you could be angry and you could be upset because you were left out. You could be angry and upset because you lost last year's game. But all that has to be thrown out the window. We have to prepare yourself in the present moment where you're at and what you have in front of you. But so many of us get fixated and so hung up why we can't move forward. And being here in life is the same way. We use the, the excuses of all the things we, that failed us. And those are the things that should catapult us so we don't make the same mistake. But for some reason, we end up going and making the same mistake because it's comfortable. It's known. You know, it's easy to complain. It's easy to say, oh, yeah, well, we screwed up. Oh, yeah, well, here we are. <clears throat> but I tell you, these programs, these, these schools, when they work hard to get their, their funding, to get their <clears throat> program on track, and to be par and par with another one, and these businesses that do the same thing, you know, it's, it's mental. The mental aspect. This is why they focus. This is why advertisers, people who advertise, and people who have businesses, hit you in, in the heart, hit you in the mental aspect. This is why we buy. This is why we're conditioned. This is how we get conditioned. We come to believe that these things are a certain way. And we need to have them a certain way. Oh, I gotta buy me some Wonder Bread, you know, because Wonder Bread, yeah, because it's wonderful. Oh, I have to have this car because I'm saving the world. I need a battery car. If I don't have a battery car, you know, I'm just not contributing to the preserving the the environment and I'm not checking up on my, my personal foot, you know, carbon footprint here, making sure that I am not, 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 not hurting the environment. We buy into stuff. Now, I'm not saying that these things don't exist. I'm not saying that these things don't happen. I'm not saying that these things aren't going on. But we buy into so much stuff. We buy into the hype. We buy into the things that we that we think are valuable and important in that present moment. You know, it's like a kid. A kid has to have it now. I want it now. And adults are the same way. We want it now. We want everything now. You can sit here and say, no, that's not how I am, Maggie. But there's sometimes you come to a point and this time... I come to a place, well, I really need that now. We're so fixated on everything that we have. You know, I mean, think about if you just took everything away right now, how you, people would function for a long period of time. Not talking about short periods, I'm talking about a long, specific period of time. Like, for example, I have this charger to keep my phone 
charge while I'm doing this show. <clears throat> I'm doing this show on this phone. I don't even need a camera anymore. I don't even need a computer anymore. This is how sophisticated things have come. But when the metrics and the system breaks down, and when the things are not functioning anyway, here we are. Here we go. What do we do? Most people don't know what to do. Most people get stuck, and then the next thing you know, here we are. Now, I'm not saying that these things aren't valuable and these things, we don't need them. But I'll tell you, we're really codependent on technology right now. We're codependent that we always have to be winners. We're codependent that we have to do this. You know, there's only a difference of a second or a tenth of a second between an Olympic athlete running or even a high school runner. You know, that's, that's, that's how close it is to become a champion and how close it is to become the person who loses the match. We're so, we're so, we're so afraid to say the word lose. No, you lost the match. You lost the match because your preparation, his preparation was one-tenth of a second more than yours or one second, whatever. That's what separates you from greatness and remembrance. I'm sure you've seen Bolt when he ran his Olympic trials that he probably had to work many, 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 many years to get to that place. It wasn't He was already fast, yes, but he had to get faster. He had to get stronger. And the thing is, we sometimes think that we, we, just because we are, because we're told that we're good, we're told because that we're, we're special. Listen, there's special, there's tons of special people in the world. They're told, oh, our kid is special. Our kid is this. There are tons of kids who are special. There are tons of adults who are special. You're talking about almost 7.5 billion people on this planet. And everybody's telling everybody, you're either good or no good. Because that's how we are. We, we are. we are encouraging or building or destroying or putting down for our own likeness, for our own wants. You can agree or disagree with me. That's fine. It's okay. But this world is not designed to, for everybody to succeed. This world is not designed for everybody to like be the champion. Not everybody go to Harvard. Not everybody is going to go to Ohio State. Some people are going to go to Columbus State. Some people are not going to do anything with their lives. And you may know those people, and that may frustrate you. The thing that you can do is, if those people don't want to do anything with their lives, you can only encourage them to do better. And you can only be the example to others what you would like to see happen in the world. There's nothing that you can do sometimes to change someone's mind. Once a person sets their mind and, and it's in that state of place, that, that, that place where they just won't turn and let until they actually have an epiphany, or some kind of failure, or something that knocks them in their butt. And sometimes the person who sets their mind to do something, and they succeed, 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 and you know, it only takes one thing to break them down. So if you have failed in life, if you have not done well sometimes in life, that's okay. It's all right to be human. It's all right to be a person. It's all right to be a human being. It's all right to be flawed. What we need and what I sh would inspire for others to do is to improve, to do better for themselves, for themselves. So you're not dependent on anybody else to take care of you. No systems, no family, no nothing. Because as soon as somebody helps you, there are some people who are there to remind you that they helped you. I've been that person. I've been, it's been done to me. 
We've always been there. Because listen, none of us are perfect. I'm not perfect. I don't strive for perfection because I know there's perfection in the imperfection. The imperfection of the things that I can be in the moments that I'm in. You know, creator created everything. Creator can take it away, right? But obviously, there is some flaws in the system. And the system is that we are here to experience this life. We are here to experience all of it. Good, bad, and ugly. Right now, the world's a constructed mess. But the world has been a constructed mess for eons. This is nothing new. The world is at each other's throat. There's nothing new to watch people annihilate another group of people. This is nothing that has not happened before. This has happened. And the shameful thing is that we see it and then we're stuck in a position of how we stand by it. Our world today, we are here today now in this world, in this modern time. And we have to decide and look at things and decide what's best for us in that moment. But that's constantly shifting. That's constantly shifting. Every moment, life is shifting. One moment, you might be in that camp. And another day, you might be in that camp. And, you know, and if you're in these camps, then you're in the camps. But have an open mind. Open your mind and know what you're doing, what you're seeing, what you're allowing coming into your system, coming allowing into your heart, coming allowing into your brain, coming allowing into every aspect of your body. Listen, the biggest reason that a lot of us don't do well is because we trust others to give us the proper information. And this proper information is not always correct. You know? our government some of you trust your government and some of you before anything before all these stuff that happened didn't even trust your government and all of a sudden you trust your government and this is what i'm talking about this is exactly what i'm talking about there's a group of us who didn't know government in our business big government and all of a sudden things went crazy and we trusted big government and what happened of course i'll tell you what happened Energy falls intent. The intentions of energy grow. And when we manifest and create together, it creates more energy and creates more of that. The more that we don't want, we get. The illusion is that we think that we have to think about not wanting that. But when we don't want it, you know, don't think about it. Just let it go. I'm not saying pretend like it's not there. But for a lot of us, when we were isolated, and put into encampments of sorts, whatever you want to call it, our little cave, personal caves. That was a test for us, our will, to see what we really knew about ourselves, what we really knew about the people around us, what we knew about the world, what we knew how we were as human beings, what we trusted, who we trusted, why we trusted. Now, now that we are in a different state of place, a different state of mind. We're in the moment. We can reflect back on the past and look at the past and go, did that serve us? Was that healthy? Can that happen again? How would we approach it differently? Listen, this is a thinking mind. This is a human being thinking. You constantly have to be thinking. When we stop other people from talking and expressing themselves, doesn't matter if it's your agenda or their agenda or your like or dislike. When we tell other people that they can't talk, especially in this in this environment that we live in, 
and we've lost. You don't have to hear it. You can walk away, let them speak. Or you can sit and listen and try to understand why they would come from that place, why they would approach that place. More people won't do that. Most people won't. Most people just say, you are just like them. You're in the same threat. No, that is the most erroneous and the stupidest thing I've ever heard to say that somebody is in alignment with somebody because the choices aren't are what we have. Listen, you. I've listened to a lot of people. Do I agree with them all? No. I have learned from a lot of teachers. Do I vibrate and, and, and resonate with them? No. I have learned from other people who are not teachers. And have I learned from them? Sure. And the vice versa could be, you know, that I have learned from teachers who are good. I've learned from everybody. You should be learning from everybody that you come in contact with. It's so easy to ignore people. It's so easy to discount people. It's so easy to say, F you, get out of my life. Because you don't want to deal with it. You don't want to have nothing to do with it. And that's what happens to people. That's what happens to friendships. Friendships break down because, folks, it's mental. It's in our mind. We don't have the capacity to understand another human being, let alone we can't even understand ourselves at times. We can't understand who we are, what we are, and how we play in all this. But yet we have the big audacity to tell somebody else how they should think. We could tell somebody else this is what should think. You know, a lot of us aren't qualified to tell anybody anything. You know, especially if you're trying to open a business, who do you go to? You go to another business person and you tell them, hey, I want to open a business. What do you think? They'll tell you, yes, you should do it. No, you shouldn't do it. If you do it, yes. Uh, I don't really want to divulge my information. You go right, you go around like-minded people. Listen, when you want to be successful, when you want to learn something, you want to um, create something, then you go to the creators and the people who are creating the dreams, the people who are creating the visions of doing better for humanity, doing better for themselves to succeed. But all of us, what we do, we go ask our brothers, our sisters, our friends, and we ask them, oh, I want to open this business. What do you, what do you think? What do you guys think? Ah, oh, man, don't do that. Your weekends will be gone. Uh, you won't be able to do, you'll be working so much, man. You'll be like, you won't be able to go in there. Oh, yeah, I never thought about that. You know, there's different ways to sacrifice your time, different ways to, you know, incorporate. But, you know, a lot of people don't go into business because they're afraid and they think they need a lot of capital. They think they need a lot of this and a lot of that. No, a lot of people don't go into business because they ask their friends about it. You should never ask your friends and say, hey, what do you think? No. How do you feel about it? There's a difference. When you put emotional charge into it, it's different. When you ask somebody to think about it, you're asking them to qualify that for you because they have some thought process about it. Most people can't tell you anything. It's like going to the doctor, you know. You go to a heart surgeon, you go to a specialist, right? Because that's what you want. You want someone to work on your heart. You don't go to a foot doctor to look at your heart. The most he could probably do is take your blood pressure and, you know, listen to your heart. So this is what I'm saying. Sometimes when, when we're living life, sometimes we need answers about stuff, right? Sometimes we need answers about metaphysics, the holistic, religious ideologies, belief systems. <clears throat> and then we ask the wrong people. But you know, we don't really ask the wrong people. We ask the right people 
because we want someone to give us an excuse not to do something sometimes. Sometimes we, the reason we say to somebody, tell me, should I do this? No, man, why do you want to do that for? Oh, yeah, sure, that's great. Go ahead and do it. Then what happens? You don't know what to start. But I tell you, how do you start? You teach yourself. You educate yourself. You get the books, the tapes. You get all the stuff. These books, you know, I have on my shelf here. They hold some piece of knowledge, information of somebody else who's done the work that I do. Have I read all these books? No. But it's a reference tool. So if I need it, I'll have it. I, it's there, you know. This is the book, Lost Ways, The Lost Ways. It talks about plants and stuff. Because I can't possibly know everything. And the day the system crashes, the computers go down, I have a book to read. You know? So when you look around, ask yourself, how many times do you journal a day? Do you have a little pocketbook where you just put things in your thoughts? Do you write things down? See, I tell you, you got to write things down. You got to put things down. When something comes into your thought, you got to write it. It, it. it doesn't matter how crazy it might look or might seem. Sometimes it unlocks your keys and your brains, and it opens up your mind to see things differently. But we're so programmed to be anti this or anti that. It's kind of like, for example, and I'm programmed too. <clears throat> you look at the Ohio State game, and we're taught, a lot of us growing up, a lot of us are taught, and I'm going to use these words, hate, dislike, laugh, make fun of Michigan, for example. I can't speak for Michigan because I don't know how they think. I can only assume they probably feel the same way. I could be wrong because I've heard that Michigan thinks we're not even the biggest rival. That they're the biggest rivals Michigan State. I don't know. But, you know, when you start to look into the history, you start looking into it, you start to realize why Michigan and Ohio have such a dislike for each other. And, you know, the wars and all the things that played out historically in these times just kind of carry through. Ohio State's a land grant college. It's a military college. You know, it has an R2C in it. So it's really interesting how we are allow ourselves to be manipulated and put in a certain place. Now, it's a it's a like and dislike for Michigan. You know, like for example, I don't hate them. I just dislike them because I've been raised as a transplant through into America. You know, to pick a team. In my country, we're terrible about that. I have the team in my country. It's called the Sport Boys, which was founded by my family. It's a pro team. You know, some of the founding fathers were men of the the family. And then, you know, La U Universitario is a team in Peru my dad likes. He has his reasons. That we grow up to be part of the, you know, part of this, this, um, this system. The gladiators. You know, this is some of us. And other of us, other, other of us were the contrary. We want nothing to do with sports. 
I'm just going to go hiking. I'm just going to go out the woods and just get lost, you know. But we all find our ways to deflect and separate ourselves from the aches and pains of the world. Because this is what they are. This is how we find our way out. This is why we watch movies. This is why we watch Netflix. This is why we watch Prime, Disney. This is why we get infatuated with Star Wars. This is why we get infatuated with board games. This is why we get infatuated with certain types of music, certain types of writers and artists. But what people fail to realize is that these people had a vision, had a dream, had a desire to create these things. And this is what I'm this is where I'm at. You know, if these folks did not keep pushing and driving and going through, we may not have a lot of these classical works, these classical things that we see. You know, these things, these these pieces of um, creation. I watched the show today, I think, I don't know if it was on TV, I forget where you you know, The Lord of the Rings, 20 years ago. That was made 20 years ago. And it won like 15 Academy Awards. That's like insane. And then the the studios wanted to shut it down because it cost them too much money to make. But it was one of those art forms that embellished and touched the hearts of people. You know, the characters. In that movie, those three movies were all filmed at exactly the same time. I don't know if you knew that or not. A little trivia there. At the exact same time. And then, of course, the studio wanted to change some things in it, away from the, the, the scripts and the dialogues and the books and stuff. They wanted to kill off some of the, what do you call them? Some of the, eh, the hobbits. That's what they call them, the hobbits. But they, the, the director refused. You can't do that. But this is somebody's desire. This is somebody's dream. This is somebody's vision. Look around your house right now. Just look around your apartment, your house. If you look around right now, most of the things you have is manufactured and created by somebody. Somebody took the time to create and make something so you could benefit and be rewarded in the sense of, you know, uh, easiness, you know, a uh, better way of life. You know, this lighter, this is someone's design. Someone had to draft this on paper and design it and make it work. Because I guarantee you, the people who own the match, the matches, the match company, were probably like, "Oh damn! Now I'm gonna have a lighter, and no one's gonna buy matches anymore." But you have to be creative. You have to be creative. You can't stop being creative. You can't stop. I'll tell you a story. I like this story because this story is really powerful about creation, about things that are already created, and how you can. You know, coat, dovetail onto them. So a long time ago, I don't know exact dates here, but a guy, just like you and me, had an idea. 
And the reason I say guy is because that's what he was. He was a guy at that time. I, so he had this idea. He went to Johnson & Johnson. He says, I have a million-dollar idea for you. It'd bring you so much money. I only want a million dollars. Because in that time, a million dollars was a lot of money. And they're like, okay. So they had to write all these contracts and blah, blah, blah. And um, stipulation was that he had to reveal whatever that was, and he'd get his money, and they'd get their money. So everybody's waiting for this amazing epiphany, how to make more money. Just random guy, nothing nothing to write home about. He pulls out, okay, we're going to use this as an example. So he pulls out this little container. We'll say it's a Comet bottle. And he goes, this is your product, right? And they would say, yes, that's my product. That's our comment, and that's what we use, and that's what people use all the time, and that's one of our best sellers. What if I told you I could triple or quadruple the use of your product, and people would buy more of your product? And they're like, but we're already selling a lot. You know, how are we going to – there's no more people. There's no more – he goes, this is where the million-dollar idea comes in. And he goes, are you ready for the idea? And everybody's like, yeah. And I'm just thinking how everybody's in the, in the boardroom. Okay. What's the million dollar idea? He goes, okay. He goes, he opens up the bottle and he goes, you see these holes here? He goes, yeah. He goes, well, I found when I use your product, that when I try to pull out the product, it doesn't come out very, very fast, very quickly. You go, yeah, okay, so. But you use it, right? He goes, yeah. But then I decided that I was going to make the holes bigger. And more product came out. And I found that when I added these holes, I use your product more. So he goes, if you take your can and you make the holes bigger, you will use, your consumer will use more product. So instead of buying one comment bottle that lasts them, six months a year, they can buy three, two to three or four within a year period of time. So this guy made a million dollars by telling Johnson Johnson to make the holes bigger on their comment bottles or comment, you know, the comment containers. And then people would sprinkle them out. And this is something that's already invented. This is something that already exists. This is something that's already there. This is what I'm saying. Everybody's trying to create, reinvent the wheel. And this guy is not reinventing the wheel. He made the wheel better. He made the wheel better for Johnson Johnson. He said, make the holes bigger. People will use more product and you'll sell more product. You'll make more money. All I want is a million dollars because you're going to make way more than a million dollars just in the first week after I tell you this. In the rest of his history, he got his million dollars and they got their product selling more. And this is the same way now when, we, when we're looking at different products. You know, when you look around, and the reason I'm using products is because you can use any example. You can use any example. You can look at Tide, tide Pods. I don't, before they used to sell you a big gallon. Now they don't have to transport so much. Everything is relative. Everything is, is it's really fascinating when it comes to business. Really fascinating. The things that you can do. And the things that can happen. Things can, can occur. So that's kind of what I'm, I'm telling you and I'm talking to everybody today because 
What are you doing today, right now? What are you doing right now? It looks like you can't improve. You can't make better. What little thing could you adjust in your life? Like the guy who made the holes bigger in his comic container so he could use more product. What can you do in your life to make it a little better? Is your hose pinched in the yard and you're only using so much water? There's a million dollars ideas, billion dollar ideas, floating around the universe every day. Now, not everybody's keen, not everybody's going to catch on to it, not everybody's going to say, oh, yeah, that's it. But there are some of you who are very open-minded to see those things and look for those things. And maybe I'm talking to you, maybe I'm talking to you. Maybe I'm talking to you, maybe I'm talking to you. My point is, you're not stuck. You think you're stuck, you feel stuck. You're stuck because you haven't improved on your container. You haven't improved on your, your mind processes of how you see the world. You're looking at the world with the same, same lenses, you know? How do you see the world? How are you looking at the world? Is the question you should ask yourself. Am I looking through them through rose-colored glasses? Get all my glasses purple. You know? This is somebody's idea for healing by using different color spectrums for the eyes. You know, there's all kinds of colors in here, you know? And the reason I show them to you is because sometimes we have to have a different vantage point and a different place and a different idea how we look at life and how we look at our own personal life and how we look at the life of other people. Now I'm red. These are examples. Does it work? You know, a lot of things work when we have the faith and the belief that it will. And sometimes things don't work. And I hate to, I hate to say that. Sometimes things just don't work. Someone's idea. Let's take a sage stick and turn it into a heart. Let's see how many of those we can sell, you know? Sage heart. I, I mean, sky's the limit. How to play guitar. You learn to play guitar. You know, it doesn't fit my guitar, so if someone wants that, it's, I think it's for more a different type of style guitar. But anyhow, it's just... It's just it's fascinating to me how we can just adjust one little thing in our lives and it changes our lives and how we stay in the same same rhythm and we can't change it. We have to change our rhythm. We have to change our song sometimes. Sometimes we have to look at what, what, what we value and what we don't value and why, what we're being loyal to, what is the loyalty that we're holding on to, why we can't move forward. A lot of times we're so loyal to people and to things that we can't move forward because we don't want to hurt their feelings or emotions. But you know, when, when people don't care about you, when people don't want you in their life, that should be a relief to you. That should be like, thank you. I'm not going to waste more energy here. I love you. I care about you. But obviously we can't move in that direction together. That's when you say, you should be like, thanks, thank you, thank you, creator. I appreciate that because now I don't have to deal with that. You're not meant to like everybody in the world. Not everybody's meant to like you in the world. 
Your mental act, those who like you, those who want to be with you, those who want to participate with you, those who want to share and break bread with you. Most of you, <clears throat> if I had to guess, most of you, not all of you, you don't have a very good relationship with your siblings. The majority of you. I know I don't. Not because I hate them, not because I don't like them. It's because they choose to be in the energy that serves them. They choose to be in the energy where they feel comfortable, where they feel in control. Remember, I'm Big Brother. So when Big Brother is around, the energy is different. The energy is different. The pecking order of energy is different. Because that's what humans are like. So some of you don't get along with your friends or family. Some of you don't have family because you created your family of, of choice. And the majority of us here have family of choice. The majority of us do. Because that's where we feel the safest. With people that are like-minded, people who accept me for who I am, people who accept me for how, how life is versus how life should be. You know, sometimes people come into our lives for a moment. <clears throat> but that's a precious moment. But every human being, every every event, everything that you've ever had in your life has been alone to you. It's been gifted to you by Creator. has been gifted to you in that moment. It's all alone to you. The people in your life are alone to you. In a hundred years, all of us will be dead. Everybody who's on this line, everybody who's living right now in 100 years, it's a whole new group of people. It's a whole new group of ideas, dreams, visions, desires, angry, happy, sad. Someone's going to be living in your old house. In 100 years, somebody else will be living in your house, maybe taking your car, you know, make it into a vintage vehicle. I don't know. But in 100 years, we're all gone. You don't have 100 years to wait to do anything. You don't have 10 days to wait. You don't have one day to wait. You don't have the luxury to wait for that mystical sign from spirit to get your butt into gear. You don't. You don't have time to wait when you know that life is very short. If you live to 70 or 80 years old, when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, you're pretty fortunate if you can, and that's not a lot of time, really. But in 100 years, 100 years or more, we'll, we won't be here. It's like when the America became America, right? After all the colonization and all that, and revolutions and wars. The Civil War, you know, because they wanted to expand slavery, right? They wanted to expand it out west. These people's desires and dreams, but it was halted at a very high cost. The cost of life, and it's always the cost of life that gets affected. So think about where you are right now, and you ask yourself, does, does this serve me? Am I okay right here? Am I okay in this moment? You know, because 
some of us want to succeed. Some of us want to do things. Some of us want to be remembered. Not all of us. The majority of us are just happy being, existing and being alive and make it to the next day, which is a miracle in itself, to be able to wake up. And we don't wake up like that in America. We don't wake up like that anymore. I don't, I don't even know if we ever did. As you, you know, do you ever wake up and just say, wow, I made it to today. Thank you. Thank you, creator. Thank you, whatever made me. Thank you, my body. Thank you, my mind, my spirit, my soul. Most of us don't do that. I don't always do that. But, you know, when I do do that, it feels good. It feels right. But the majority of us, you know, we just like think we're owed something. We think that we're owed happiness. We're owed. The only thing we're owed is that we have to present ourselves and be prepared to receive it. When you're prepared to receive it, you'll get it. And some of us are so blind that we don't see it because we're looking for like these these signs versus being engaged in life. Listen, if you wake up tomorrow, count your blessings. Unless you're physically sick and don't want to be here anymore. I mean, there's nothing I can do about that. But my point is, if you like life, if you are endeared and you love life and it's important to you and it's valuable to you, wake up and say, damn it, thank you. It's good to be here. It's good to be here. Where else would I be? It's good to be right here in this present moment. It's good to be here right now. It's good to be here with my friends. It's good to be here with my family. It's good to be here with my dog, my cat. It's good to be here on this table eating dinner. It's good to be in sweat lodge with my friends. It's good to be here lighting this candle. That's what it means to be good here. It's good to be here means that it's a reminder that we're not going to be here forever. It's a reminder that we should appreciate and value and have gratitude for the big things and for the small things. Because the small things is the things that build us up and prepare us when we receive the big things. You will receive the things that you want in life when you're ready. When you're ready. Now listen, I, I got a bagpipe the other day. Is that manifestation? Of course it is. But I didn't think about it. I just let I just knew that I wanted a bagpipe. And bagpipes appeared because my friend April saw my she felt something that I was sincere about what I wanted to do. And a piece of her, a piece of me, in an unspoken word said, Hey, see if Iggy will take your pipe field if you give them to him. I tried to play him the other day, but I don't know. I'm learning, right? I'm trying to figure out how to hold it and everything. But it's just like a baby, right? A baby doesn't just walk. A baby just doesn't just talk. A baby has to nurse and grow. But every moment that baby grows, every moment that baby learns, that baby cries when it's hungry. That baby cries when it wants a diaper change. We're the same way. Some of us are very gifted where you just grab things and we run with it. And some of us have to grab something and work on it for a sustained period of time. But nonetheless, we're getting there. So wake up tomorrow and give thanks for tomorrow. Give thanks for the day. Give thanks for the night. Give thanks for what happened today. If you were lucky to stay home and not do anything, great. If you put in eight hours a day, 12 hours a day, great. 
We just want to be prepared. Life dictates, you know, to us things. And then we get to say, I want to do that and not do that. And sometimes we're thrown into situations and circumstances that are out of our control. How do we navigate that? Well, you won't know until you're in them. You won't know. And then some of us, in that moment, it's our last breath. Regardless, none of us are meant to live forever. None of us are meant to, you know, be eternal. Our mortality is a gift because one day we'll be tired. One day we'll be exhausted. One day we'll say, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm ready to go. I understand now why some people say I'm ready to go. Because life can be one of those things that, you know, we make it or break it. Some of you have the belief that you come back. Some of you believe that you don't come back. Some believe you go to heaven and hell. Everybody has their belief systems. But wherever you put that energy and that faith is part of who you are, part of who you are. Now, life can be the most amazing trip, the most amazing ride, if we want it to be. If we want it to be. If there's a problem and you're there, you're part of the problem. If there's a solution and you're there, then you're part of the solution. It's that easy. It's that easy, my friends. To think that you are separate from everything and everyone and all the things around the world, you're not. You affect the world when you don't say anything. You affect the world when you say something. You affect the world when you flush your toilet. You affect the world when you buy groceries from the store. You affect the world when you smoke a cigarette. You affect the world when you're angry and shut in. You affect the world when you step outside and participate. You affect the world when you're just standing still. You affect the world when you're proactive. The world doesn't just stop and forget about you. The world knows you exist. And when I'm talking about the world, I'm talking about the energetic pool of life knows you. So to believe that you are nothing special, to believe that you are not part of things is a joke because you are. How you experience that, well, that's up to you. How you experience an event, how you experience others, how you teach others to experience you, how you teach other people to treat you. Yeah, it gets deeper, it gets deep. The world will do exactly what you tell it to do. The world would say, hey, it's like this, it's like that. But either way, we all have our call. Our call to birth, our call to death. So we're here in these two pivotal points in our lives. Everything, you've heard me say this, everything in here is subject to interpretation. 
Some people say we have a destiny. Okay, our destiny is this. We're destined to born, destined to die, but the predestiny. What's predestiny? Predetermined post-destiny. But my point is, in the middle, where the jelly-filled donut is, in the side there where all that jelly is at, you can experience however you want. It's either too sweet, too gooey, or not enough jelly, or too much jelly. But regardless, you get to experience life how you choose to experience it. And you're already doing that. Your life is the manifestation creation of what others and you have decided and agreed to to allow to be. If you let the TV affect you, it affects you. If you allow others to affect you, they affect you as much as you affect them. You get to decide if others get to decide for you what you should feel. Because many of you allow others to tell you how you feel. Okay, so people shit on you. Okay. There's nothing you can do about it. They're going to shit on you. The only thing you can do is don't need those guys. Or you can contemplate, why was I shat on? What did I do wrong? What did I say? So it's not that you did anything wrong. It's just the programming that you that you bought into. It's the belief system that you buy into. You think that everybody should be nice. Everybody should be kind. No. If you believe that that's the way it should be, if you believe that you should be kind and nice to everybody, then do it. Because you will, you will attract people who feel the same way about you. But anytime you shine, anytime you're bright, there's always another person. Always, we're like, you know, moth to the flame, you know? Some of us get burned. But those who are looking and sometimes come into our life because you're so bright and you're shining, as soon as they see and they're too deep into the flame, they're like Icarus danced too close to the sun, right? Flew too close to the sun. And he got burned. We're the same way. Sometimes we get too close to people. And then we're like, well, I can never be like that. I can't. That's, that's kind of weird. Sometimes we have to get close in order for us to learn. Oh, this is amazing. Oh, no, no. This is not what I thought it was. And so this is the thing. I don't know. I just when I when I look at life, I think about all all the things that happen to me and all the things that happen to others in their journeys that they went on. Because I know I know that a lot of people that I know didn't think it was going to end like that or be like that or expected to be like that. You can live in the what ifs if I lived here or lived there or made that decision that choice. But you know once you make the decision. You move into that direction, but then you can still make decisions to change that direction. But we can't necessarily go back to the, the decision that we made and expect it to be the same. You know what I'm saying? Say you decided that this was the wrong choice, then we go back and change it. Even as you go back and change it, it's still its own decision, its own creation. If you had made that decision in that moment, it would have had its own creation, its own version. It's not like you go back and, and the template's there. No, it's not a template where it just goes into that place. doesn't matter because there are no templates. The only thing we can do is make decisions where we're going. And when we step into the energy, 
we observe the energy, and we observe the people, we observe the environment, and we base our decisions on that. We go, okay, this is how I this is how I would like to see it. But I can't necessarily do it like that because this person doesn't cooperate with me. But don't put so much energy in that person that's cooperate with you. You got like 30 people over here to cooperate with you, and you're so hung up on this one person or five people who see the world differently than these 30. You're more aligned to these 30, but you want to, you're so curious and you're so hung up and you want to know what these guys are doing, why. You know, it's like people who <clears throat> buy products. And what's first a lot of people do? They go down, they read, they read the, they read the, what is it? The reviews, right? Oh, it's got five bad stars. I'm not going to buy this product. Five people didn't like it. Well, we don't know what their expectation was for that product. We don't know what their expectation was for that dinner. We don't have an expectation for what it was. Listen, I used to own a restaurant. And I'll never forget how my competition would use Yelp against me. Yeah, they would use Yelp against you. I used to have a taco night. 75 cent taco. Beans or beef. It didn't matter. And you know what? And they'd be like, oh, how do you sell so cheap? Well, because restaurant food is really not that expensive. And plus, when you're doing a promotion, you want to sell things because you want to bring people into your door so they consume other things. You have to entice them with something different, right? And I was a businessman like anybody. But I'll never forget how they would complain. This must not be real meat. This must be fake bean. And they were causing us a stir in the build, in the restaurant. And I was so mad because I was in a different place, right? I was so upset and angry. And, you know, I remember and my daughter came out and just to make sure everything was good. You know, she was young. And they, they got on her, too. And I remember, and then I go, and I kicked them out. I threw them out because I was so mad. Because they were just being rude. They were being mean in my version of how I experienced them in that moment in time. And, of course, Yelp sends me a thing. Oh, you got a bad review, blah, blah, blah. And all the reviews were the same. They were like cut and paste, cut and paste. And then there was other cut and paste reviews from other people. And then I realized, oh man, I have no control over Yelp. I have no control how they monitor their things. Anybody can write anything on there if they wanted. And they and they did. You know, some were good, some were like made you question yourself. Really? I thought my people liked my food. I thought people liked our restaurant. I thought people liked me. Yeah, it's because there are people who don't like you. There are people who don't want nothing to do with you. There are people who would be rather be dysfunctional and angry and pissed off at the world, pissed off at you, and pissed off everybody they can in the process. It's true, my friends. They're just people like that. Except the fact that they are just people who don't really care about other people. You may be one of them. I may be one of them. But the thing is, you know what? How you respond and react to that. I reacted and I responded and responded and reacted. I was hurt because I took pride in what I did. They didn't realize the hours we have to put in to run a restaurant, to run a business, a family business. Not. Be up at five in the morning 
leave there at 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, sleep for three or four hours, and that's it. And do it all over again every day except for Sunday. And this is the things that happen. We get into this routine, this program, and it affects us. It affects our spirit, our heart. The only reason a lot of us are angry and upset is because it affects our spirit and our heart. Finding those little enclaves to help us is difficult sometimes. But anyhow, I appreciate you guys listening to my show, tuning in, being with me, and I hope your 2024 is a good one. Just know that it's good to be here. Express that feeling, that thought. Because when, when the grand scheme of it all, life is short, in a hundred years, we'll all be six feet under, and wherever spiritually we were connected to will be there. Somebody else will be living in our houses, driving our old cars, because they'll be antiques by then. Throwing around our junk, you know, things will be in the landfill. We work so hard to create these precious moments in our lives. These precious moments that we call life, our life, our precious moment, our Persian version of ourselves. All right, guys. Next drum circle is we'll be in Gehanna Library, main library, at uh, January 13th, 4 p.m. It's a grief drumming. So those of you who are going through some grieving right now, losing family members, connect with us there. And then on the 27th, we're at the Reiki Center. Connect with us there as well. Or go to igigarcia.com. You can see all my pages. Go to my YouTube channel and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Be part of my mailing list at igigarcia.com. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, I play on TikTok, so there's nothing really, anything but entertainment there. Now I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to tune in and listen. It means a lot to me, and it feels great to know that you took a time to hear someone else's point of view, someone else's vantage point on life. I'm not here to convert or change anybody. I'm just here to say, hey, you know what? This gives you the idea that maybe think about things a little differently. I try to do that in my life. Try to give people the benefit of doubt. Because you know what? It feels good when someone gives you the benefit of doubt. I remember when I wasn't given benefit of doubt. And it can feel really bad. With that, I want to say it's good to be here. We'll see you next time. Be well. So, uh, let me know. Report back to me. Send the comments if you listen to the show later. Tell me how you're feeling. Tell me what you agree with, what you disagree with. That way I can kind of have a better understanding of you. And with that, I'm Iggy Garcia. Talk to you guys soon. Be well. And we'll see you next time at Iggy Garcia Live. But check out my uh, little mini podcast, The Mind of Iggy, and some of my shorts and reels on Instagram.